Blog Talk Radio. This week's Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash Dungeon Crawlers Radio to start your free trial membership. It's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Better than ever, it takes one to know one. All right, we're live. Here yes, we go. We are. <laughs> so if you hear a lot of noise behind us, it's because one, there's one here at Dragon's Keep. Yep, that's where we are tonight, today, as well as a pizzeria to our right. Talk about genius. Yes. So uh, we have Levi here, the owner of Dragon's Keep, the, the, the man, the myth, the legend, and the brains behind all of this. Uh, for th- those of you that don't know what Dragon's Keep is, it's a local gaming comic store down here in Utah County. So uh, we're here. It's a, yeah, you know, I'm Levi. We're the oldest still-running comic book. You need to get a little closer to the okay, mic. Sorry. We're the oldest uh, comic book and game store in Utah. Uh, we're going coming up on 30 years in business. Wow. That's, in my mind, that's epic because most comic books and game stores don't last that long. That's very true. I mean, I all the comic books and game stores that I went to as a kid do not exist. And who knows where the, the the people that own them are? Honestly, I actually went to Dragon's Keep when I was a kid. So <laughs> okay, well, I grew up in Salt Lake County, so um, I don't. There is no game store that I went to as a kid that even exists anymore. Yeah, it's yeah. a hard industry, most certainly. Comics, in particular, had its ups and downs in the early '90s, and then uh, up in the early '90s, down in the late '90s, early 2000s. I mean, we could talk all about. Uh, Marvel's almost bankruptcy and then recovery yeah. with the movies. But yeah. that makes it rough for store owners to try to keep up when the entire industry is suffering. Where it's tough. So, so do you find it, uh, you know, just kind of jumping in, do you find it a lot easier for people to jump into comics now that there's a lot, that they're kind of moving towards the trade paperbacks? Yeah, that's a, you know, that's a complicated question. So collectors mm-hmm. still want their comics. Yeah. And uh, Marvel, DC, all the major publishers have created a means for collectors to meet their needs through exclusivity covers or one in twenty-five covers, mm-hmm. one in fifties. Um, and then kids, you know, you would think trades are very attractive, mm-hmm. and they are to adults, mm-hmm. but kids still like their comics. Still like the comics. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I think there's still definitely revenue that can be garnished from both. Uh, as, as trades grow, that's great for us adults who mm-hmm. don't necessarily. Uh, want to buy each comic individually, yeah. or and maybe our collecting, you know, bug is kind of died off. We yeah. just want the story, uh, but the kids they still love the comic, and the parents love it too because most comic shops have ninety nine cent bins or fifty cent bins or yeah. cheaper bins for the kids. Mm-hmm. In our shops, if a kid comes into our store, uh, maybe not every day, uh, but we just give them comics. Okay, mm-hmm. so if you're a kid, you come in, uh, they're not off the obviously the new shelf, but we have literally hundreds of thousands of backstock comics that we love to introduce wow. uh, kids to. Yep. No, that, that's that's really great. I wish that would have happened when I was a kid. Cause, you yeah, know, me too. Because literally, I got mine from 7-Eleven. That's where I got my very first comic. I still remembered. I was seven. I picked up a Superman comic, 
It had Mr. Mixoplex. I can never say that Mixios, name. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Mixios, oh, I can't say it. All I know is he was, you know, elbow to elbow, elbow with uh, Wonder er, with Lois Lane. Lane. Yeah, with Lois Lane walking <laughs> off, and Superman has his like stunned look on his face, like, "What the heck just happened?" That was my very first comic ever with Superman. That's awesome. You know, and. You go into a comic book store, it's like, I'm sitting here as this young kid, and there's just all these comics, and I'm like, I have no clue where to even start or what's good or anything, because you know, I really like that comic. I wanted more, and yeah, it, and at that time, I was a kid, and it, no one even paid attention to me. Well, but you know, Daniel, the whole reason why I bought into this industry was exactly what just happened <laughs> as I watched you. Yeah. I love to see people reminisce, and then even new people, when they their faces brighten, reading that new hero. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's that is what's so exciting about this industry, is people's imagination just comes to life, even when they're just rec- recalling what they did as a kid. It's, mm-hmm. it's the best thing. I mean, that's why I love it. No, I, I agree. You know, my, my two stepsons, uh, when I got married to their mom, uh, completely... Had no clue Ignorant of, of n- superheroes, Star Wars, none of it. And so I introduced him to that. Of course, they're now huge Green Lantern sure. and Batman and Flash and you know all all those guys. Um, but you know the first time they watched you know the Batman, the animated Batman from the '90s series, it's just like this is awesome. You know, and then you know of course Netflix. We have Netflix. They watched every episode within a week. Yeah, yeah, it was just like nonstop. Then we moved to Ultimate Spider-Man and other stuff, but and now they're they're hugely addicted so much that you know after I came back from Comic Con because I got them a couple of Green Green Lantern rings, we had to go back because they literally poured out their piggy banks. We want more. (laughs) So, but that's that's how it is. It's really exciting to see that that and foster that. I just remember like when I first got introduced to comics was when my dad showed me his comic collection. (laughs) And I got to read, like, Swamp Thing, early 70s edition, and other things like that. And I was like, wow, people actually get paid money to draw all these cool pictures? And that's what I was interested to. And I was like, wow. So as soon as I got the chance to go to a comic book store, I was just amazed. Uh, I didn't bother reading them. I just looked at the art. <laughs> but that's, awesome. that's all I cared about. I think about. a lot of kids get in that way, just yeah. enjoying the art and the imagery. Yeah, yeah, no, I didn't have that. I was the Lone Ranger, pretty much. In the in you know my family was my family and I was the geek and I just stayed there. That's awesome. Yeah, but uh, you know why? I mean, other than you know seeing that you know that you know that light sure you know, lighten up when someone sees comics or that. What was the, kind of the reasons you got into deciding to go co- be a comic book store owner? Okay. Because that that has to be kind of a giant leap in okay. a way. Okay. Well, it, you know that that it's a complex story to be fair. Okay. Uh, First, you know, I mean, you guys kind of told your origin story yeah. of getting into comics. So let's, let's hear yours Yeah, first. yeah. I grew up in Michigan, well, New York and Michigan. Primarily, though, when I got to Michigan, um, you know, okay, so the first thing you need to understand is uh, in Michigan, you can turn in any bottle or can for 10 cents. Plastic, mm, okay. doesn't matter. And you can turn it in anywhere. 7-Elevens, grocery stores, they'll all take them. Cool. Um, and so, and I lived just off of Michigan State University. Uh, my dad was a professor there, and um, 
so they'd always have their beer parties on the weekends, mm-hmm. and I was opportunistic. So I would go around, and literally, as there were on occasion drunk people sleeping in their backyard after an all-nighter, uh, I would pick up their beers and their beer cans and beer bottles, and uh, many of them were grateful that I would pick up their trash for them, and then I'd haul them down to the 7-Eleven, and that's how I got my weekly comics. Uh, and uh, I was introduced to comics from my older brother, but... Really, it became something important to me once I started reading them. Uh, the old Spider-Mans, mm-hmm. the X-Men's, the Batman's, mm-hmm. um, Frank Miller stuff. I remember reading that when it first came right off the shelf. Just awesome. It was all yeah. just it blew my mind. Um, and so uh, that was how. And you know, we although my dad taught, we weren't uh, didn't have a ton of money, and so. You know, I just would collect my cans every week and go down and get my comics. Uh, to be fair, I'd say half of my budget went to the arcade at that time as well, <laughs> Pinball Pete. Uh, Gotta love arcades. Yeah. Too bad they don't exist anymore. Yeah. In fact, I mean, that's part of why I have these two arcades here. Those are, again, from my childhood. There's I arcades back. here? Yeah, there's oh, two of them. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, I have a problem. <laughs> I'm going to probably spend way too much time here now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so then how did I get into the industry? So... When we moved from Michigan to Utah, uh, you know, it was a terribly awkward stage in middle school for me, and I was, mm-hmm. it was very hard on me. I bet. Uh, so I went to Dragon's Keep, right downtown mm-hmm. Provo, and still bought my comics, and so there was a really emotional connection for me to the comic shops and moving. So ultimately, I, uh, I, you know, I still bought comics all through my teenage years into young adult and then I kind of stopped to be totally honest not because I stopped being a geek but more so just because life caught up with me I was at BYU mm-hmm. and school and dating and all of those things so then I swung back into the shop after I was established in my careers uh, this was back in 2006 um, and to be fair I was treated very poorly yeah. if you really want to know the truth and I could see that the traffic was way down and the product selection was not very good. Mm-hmm. So I started to talk to the employees and then the owners about purchasing Dragon's Keep. And they were struggling financially, most certainly. Mm-hmm. So I did. I made an offer. Uh, I think I overpaid a little bit now that I know better, but not too much. Uh, and I bought it. And my sole purpose for buying it at that time was not to make money. I had a separate career, but to make sure that uh, a local store that had brought me so much enjoyment as a youth didn't go under yeah. and that it could continue to serve the community of Provo and Utah County um, as it had for so long. So mm. that's how I got into the business. Nice. Yep. That's a good way to get in. Yep. I, I To be honest, you know, part of your story, I think we've all been in that stage where, okay, you got to put the comics away, you know, got to, you know, have to date, stuff like that. They can't see that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> And then if you're lucky enough, if you find someone that's into that stuff along with you and it's like, oh, hey, cool, now I can pull that back stuff back out. Or you just have a man cave and it just stays in there and yeah. your wife just puts up with it. Uh, I'm glad I have the uh, prior, not the latter. Yes, sorry, that's mine. Uh, but she puts up with it. It's okay. Just because I have Green Lantern plastered everywhere in my man cave, that's okay. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, you know, what are kind of... You know, the things that work well. I mean, because you guys are obviously doing well. You've got three stores now. And every time I go in there, it they're not empty. There's always someone in there, whether they're playing, whether they're looking for comics or picking out games. And, you know, 
you, you kind of did hit on something because every time I've gone into your store, every time someone's saying, "Hey, how are you doing? What can I help you with? What can you know? Is there something you're looking for?" Because I've been to several other stores, they don't even talk to you, and they don't talk to you. You know, and it's pretty much like it seems more of an inconvenience to them when I have to go up there and say, "Hey, I'm looking for this. Can you help me out?" Oh yeah. So. Okay, so y- your question is excellent, although, again, the answer is extremely I know. Complex, okay? There, I mean, this is a business, and the yeah. business has a lot of avenues that drive it forward. Uh, you know, and if I were, I'll just touch on some of the major points, but then I'll focus on what I think is the primary issue. Sure. Okay, so product selection is important. Yes. Okay. Um, second, uh, understand your demographic, which is what kinds of customers you want to draw into your store. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I'm giving you the formula for a successful store in general. Um, and then, oh, there's so much here. Okay, so in the end, let's just get down to the, the nitty-gritty, and that is if you don't take care of your customers, you might as well just say goodbye. Okay. Yeah. Everybody, okay, so in business, see, so if you guys, if anybody out there wants to start their own store, listen very carefully. I'm going to give you the key. Ready? All right. Everything in most comic and game shops can be purchased cheaper somewhere else. Yeah, that's not a secret if you put any time into it. Okay, so how is it possible that you can grow in a business where you're not providing anything at even? Well, well, the way you grow, guys, is you have to treat your customers right. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so that was the first thing we changed is we said every customer is important from the littlest kid to the tallest adult. Mm -hmm. Everyone gets served. and so in business, you have to either differentiate through your price or through some other means. Mm-hmm. So one of the ways we do it is, again, is product selection, but also service. You serve the customer. Serve them over and over and over again. Now, part of serving the customer, though, okay, in our industry, and if most people who listen to this go into their shops, they should recognize this. You have your regulars, mm-hmm. and then you have everybody else. Yeah. If you really want your stores to grow... Make sure you do not focus too much on your regulars or too little and recognize that there are millions of dollars out there in the demographic of people who do not spend all day in your store. Yeah. And that doesn't mean we want to diminish regulars. I mean, I was a regular. I loved my store and I went there all the time. Mm -hmm. But tapping into that larger demographic is key to your success. You want those people who only come in for Christmas or twice a year and want to show their friends that neat shirt they found three months ago. Those are also key demographics you yeah. have to tap. Yeah, I kind of like that. Uh, we have a similar thing in my day job that we use. Is You know, you want to provide a service so invaluable to those individuals that, you know, because they, they can go anywhere else. That's right. That it, every time they want to get something like a comic or a game, Dragon's Keep is the first name that pops to their That's head. That's right. And, and if you do it right, people will appreciate that, okay? Oh, yeah. You know, when they come in and you just stand behind the till, they think, I could do this uh, on Amazon. That's not a oh, problem, yeah. okay? But if you come in and say, and they say, well, I'm kind of looking for it, and we engage with it, really, so... It's a human factor. Yeah, yeah and I'm, maybe I'm giving away too much here, but we literally strategize and teach in our employee meetings that sales are number one. That's mm-hmm. the most important thing. We're sales. That's what yeah. we do. We're a store. Our job is to sell things. Mm-hmm. But we... We drive home, we are not car salesmen. Okay? Yeah. We are, if you can match the proper product with that customer, so you listen first, mm-hmm. understand what they want, mm-hmm. match it, not only an enjoyable experience in the store, but that 
experience will continue when they go home and they oh, enjoy yeah. the shirt or the toy or the game or the comic book they read, whatever it might be, they're going to walk that was an awesome experience. Yeah. So when they come back in, you're going to help them make that match again and again and yeah. again. But you only do that if you engage with your customer. Yeah, and well, even in sometimes when you engage, it's it's also more helpful because a parent, you know, I I worked at a a video game store yeah. up in Salt Lake, and this one mom came in, and she was my granddaughter for her ten year old kid. It's like, well, he told me it was a great game, and I'm like, and I had to stop her, and I'm like, okay, you know. I'm going to be honest with you. This is a very mature game with mature themes. This is probably not something you want to get your 10-year-old. He's fully ready to buy it. But by the time she left, she was very, you know, we found something that she felt more comfortable with. And she came back, and she brought her sister along with her, and they bought more games. That's right. You know, and sometimes you have to do that. You have to say, hey, maybe this isn't the best thing for you. So, but... But you can't do that without engaging with that individual. So I, I think that's great that you guys teach that. Yeah. And it really shows because, you know, we've had a conversation before. The, you know, I had come into Dragon Keep before you taken over, and it wasn't that great of an experience. It was pretty poor. There's a couple other comic book stores uh, up in Salt Lake that are very similar to that. Yeah. And I don't go there anymore. And you know, and then I found out there was a change. I went in there. It was it was a little bit better, but I was like, okay, you know, give it some time. And then I'm I'm thoroughly amazed. I, the only comic book store I come into is your your guys now. Wow, that's very kind of you. Thank so, you. Um, and and I do want to give credit. We have excellent employees. Yeah, you and of do. Of course, some come and some go, and often that's sad when they have to go. Um, and it's and I you know, if I were to call out to any of our customers, recognize that our employees and even the, most store owners like ours. It's a relatively thankless job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of work, hard work. You have to have a deep understanding of a variety of products. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, we're in an industry where the pay... I don't think the pay ever quite reaches the com- compensatory rate that it should be. Yeah. So, the amount of effort and yes. work you put in, just, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, that's probably about right. Yeah. So yeah. just recognize those employees, especially if they're courteous, they work very hard for that. Yeah. So what are some, I, I mean, right now you're doing a, a tournament. What are some other things you're doing other than like Magic the Gathering tournaments that kind of draw people in? Oh, that's a great question. Strategically, right when we bought it, we recognized the need to draw in the community. In fact, yeah. I had a vision that still isn't fully actualized of being kind of a mecca for your community for mm-hmm. geek stuff. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I'd love to have in more authors. We, we do that sometimes, even now, but we, so... The answer to your question, to be more direct, is we try to run a quarterly large event uh, outside of just gaming things. So uh, we run our anniversary event once a year, which mm-hmm. just tracks our yearly growth. Mm-hmm. And in that day, we bring in comic artists or book or famous authors that are in the area. We try to focus. We love to bring in big names, and sometimes we do get some pretty big names. But we even like to just support the local artists, local comic guys, local writers, get them in, expose them to the community. It's a great day. So we do our anniversary event. Um, we do a customer satisfaction or thanks to the customer event, usually in the spring. Mm-hmm. And we have free comic book day. We do an overnighter for the 4th of July. Uh, we do an overnighter for Halloween. And we do an overnighter um, for the new year. Nice. And so we set a series of large events uh, interspersed in between all of the release events for gaming and maybe big comic events. We try to run the big comic events that they do when they do a big X-Men release and mm-hmm. also try to uh, do some growth there. 
I mean, I, I have endless ones. We do um, that NaNoWriMo every mm-hmm. year. We get a good group in that come in and write together. Mm-hmm. They did the comic strip event where you try to uh, do a full comic strip in a week, too. We supported that as wow. well in each of our stores. So it's always about engaging the community in new events and new activities. And I just want to say, finally, the industry is picking up on this, and that's why you're seeing uh, Free RPG Day, which started a few years yeah. ago. Also, yeah, Free Comic Book Day Free that's kind of gotten really that's big. Huge. Yeah. Now they're doing a similar event around Halloween now where kids can come in and get Halloween free comics. That'll nice. be at all of our shops if you haven't heard about that. I haven't. Uh-huh. I'm going to be there. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll have artists and writers hopefully at those events as well. Nice. Yep. That's actually exciting. I mean, I know Free Comic Book Day is kind of weird because, you know, you have only so many and you have to kind of limit there and there's a lot more people than there are comics, but it's still pretty cool. You can come in, you can pick up one or two, and it's still enough to pique someone's interest. And I think it's a brilliant marketing strategy that the comic book industry has kind of done. So. Well, yeah, and I mean, I... I I think you have to have a vision on your industry to recognize that maybe those won't turn into direct, direct revenue today. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you're laying the groundwork for the future. Oh, yeah. If you don't introduce these things to kids, our industry will die before it even yeah. gets going again. Yeah. yeah. You got a question? No. No, you're just hanging out here. Yeah, I like listening. I okay. Don't mind. Okay. Yeah, I can't, couldn't think of anything other than like, just like little comments here and there, but they were covered, so. Like, they're they're yeah. all covered. Yeah. So, what have you found is kind of a magical moment? Because you've been doing this for a while. Yeah. Out of, you know, out of the years, is there one like magical moment that kind of stands out as like, wow, all the hard work I've done is really worth this? Um, yeah, well, okay, joking and not joking, you know, finally taking home a paycheck after seven years was nice. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was that's a always a, that that is a magical moment. Yeah, I wish uh, I could do that for this. <laughs> yeah, and it and it you know it wasn't huge or anything, and I would say I'm probably still net negative yeah. I mean, if I'm going to be totally honest. But I did open two additional stores, yeah. so and that kind of I'm not going to throw stuff off a bit. Yeah, I'm not going to say that we're not successful because I think we have been in in large part. Our inventory's grown a lot, um, but I would say just coming, you know. You, if I were to answer that, I would have to say it's every time I come into any of my shops and just see people having a great time. I mean, reflecting back on what we said a few minutes ago, yeah. it is just the best feeling to see a kid smiling. You know, I, I hassle all my customers when I'm in the shop and I see them opening, buying booster packs. I beg them to open them in front of me yeah. because I just love that energy that comes off of oh, them, yeah. hopefully drawing a great card. And uh, if you know me at all, if, you know, I'm a sucker. If someone gets a terrible draw, I'm my employees hassle me all the time because... I give them another booster usually because I just want to see them yeah. pull something good. So, you know, uh, you know, I, that's the most exciting moment. Yeah. Or seeing, you know, sometimes it's a two-edged sword. I'll see a kid sitting on the floor reading a comic in my shop. On one hand, I'm thinking, oh, come on. You know, he's he's not even buying it. Yeah. He's sitting there and he's right in the middle of my aisle. Yeah. Well, the business side of me is like, oh. Now, on the other hand, I just love watching him read Green Lantern yeah. or Superman. I'm just thinking, if I were a kid, I'd be doing the same yeah. thing. So, you know, you know, so on one hand, I don't like it. On the other hand, I think that is so cool yeah. that, you know, he's in there doing that. So definitely well, something that uh, Barnes & Noble profits off of. That's why they have chairs there. Like, you're going to read it anyway. Why not at least get an experience out of it? Right. 
So definitely. Well, and if you like it enough, more more often not, they're ended up buying it before they're walking oh, yeah. out the door I anyway. I did that when yeah. I would do that at Barnes and Noble. Be like, read the book. I'm like, hmm, I better buy this book. <laughs> well, not only that, this uh, kind of a, you know back to that boy sitting there. I mean, at least he's not doing something where he's getting in trouble. Well, exactly. Or, or something of like course, that, and you know. Because there is kind of that flip side. Oh, yeah. Not absolutely. like it's going to happen here in Provo, but you never know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Provo's a little bit unique. Yeah. With everything I used to do as a kid, um, yeah. Me sitting at a comic book floor reading a book probably was better. Absolutely. <laughs> but, um, you know, so what else uh, is kind of the thing to know about, you know, a game store or, or why they should come here compared to other stores? I mean, I know that's kind of a... Well, we've got the an un- human thing that we are. Well, I know it's kind of an unfair question, but um, you know, there, there's comic book stores everywhere. There's game stores everywhere. What is the biggest thing that sets Dragon's Keep apart? Well, I would hope that. Well, okay. I mean, if I were to put a pitch in, it, let you know, I hope there's some loyalty there. Yeah. I hope that if we really do serve you well when you do come in, that you think, hey, I, you know, let's mm-hmm. keep that around. Yeah. We want retailers that work hard for our customers and uh, mm-hmm. even if you have to pay a little bit more than you might somewhere else mm-hmm. recognize that we work for that we try very hard yeah. to provide events which there's often no upfront money for those events and we have to um, and there's a lot of creativity that goes into it uh, and by supporting us you're also supporting our local guys which we try to support JJ Harrison mm-hmm. just smart smiley some of these local guys um, that start right here in Utah County and you know, start to break out. I mean, J.J., he was at, coming to Dragon's Keep and helping us at our events long before he had a contract with uh, Adventure Time doing the yeah. comics. Um, and, but it all starts there. So uh, the other unique thing about Dragon's Keep or any local store, if you're anywhere, is they can do that. They can tap into their local resources. And uh, I would say for, for us, um, another reason to come to us is we really try to focus on the games and the items that people in our community like. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're always trying to improve in that area. Most certainly, uh, again, if you're opening your own store, take it slow. Don't overexpand. That's going to burn you. I mean, I don't know. I mean, do you want me to answer questions about strategies for opening stores? Yeah, I mean, that'd be a good Okay, I'll tell you. Because, I mean, that would not only apply just to stores, but that's pretty much would apply to any business, really. Sure, a lot of things that you've said actually apply to what we're trying to do with our our show. You know, I would say be very cautious about overextending too early. You know, build on your customers. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know... People who don't know me don't know that that's really my background is business, and I've learned a lot about retail. As I, accounting was actually my focus, but uh, I dug into books and understand retail and what works. You know, there's se- several simple strategies: stay with the products that people are already buying. Okay, don't mm. don't get crazy. In fact, the few times I've gotten crazy has not worked. Not worked at all. Okay? Huh? Oh, that looks great, and I think that's cool, but nobody's asking about it. Suddenly, I put it on my shelf, can't sell it. So. That's going to work out much better. Know your industry, know the standards, know which lines are growing, which ones are shrinking, and follow those trends. It's not uh, rocket science, really, if you just keep up a little bit on what's yeah. happening in the industry. Um, and then recognize as well, again, this is key, is serving both your regulars. That's really mm-hmm. important because word of mouth. Here's a little a little tidbit that most people don't know. In seven years, I have probably spent actual cash for all three stores under a thousand dollars in total external marketing. Hmm. Okay, 
I mean, in seven wow. years. And I've grown in huge quantities. Yeah. So for most certainly, my strategy is word of mouth. Yeah. You serve your customers right, they're going to tell other customers, and that's going to happen. Because us geeks, we all stick together. Oh, yeah. So they're going to spread the word about where to get the right service, where they're going to find the right product. I think that's uh, that's the key. So Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, strate- other strategies around uh, growing your stores is, um, okay, so we've talked a lot about revenue stuff, mm-hmm. how to drive revenue yeah. through product. But the truth is, in a real business, there are two sides to that formula. Yeah. The other side's equally important. That's your cost section. Um, be careful about overemployment. Um, and that's that's a delicate line. If you don't have enough employees, you can't serve the customers. If you have too much, you're burning money away. I mean, it's just going out the door. So, uh, and then be careful on pick too large of a building to start. Mm-hmm. You know, we're geeks. I think we can accept if with great customer service, we can we can tolerate a little bit of what we typically see in game and comic shops, yeah. which is not the highest end. You don't need a like the old Dragon's Keep hole in the wall. Yeah. <laughs> well, and for years it did just fine. I mean, so it, I, that doesn't mean I think that's where we should be as an industry. I'd like to see us in nicer shops mm-hmm. and nicer places and creating more traditional, clean retail. But if you're a new guy, like most of us are, that open these shops, yeah. you don't have the money for that. No. You should think very carefully about the cost end of your business. And mm-hmm. keeping rent low is key. Um, and uh, working hard. You know, I mm-hmm. I would say I worked, you know, people, again, people who know me might know this, but I went to my bachelor's and I went through my master's program and I worked two jobs and I ran Dragon's Keep. Uh, so, I, again, thankless, right? We all put yeah. a lot of hours into these things to make these things happen. And I had great employees supporting me. Um, and just be prepared for that long hours. Of, uh, and not and sleeping. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And it does get better. I mean, it's gotten better for us, and we're finally in a position where things are kind of moving mm-hmm. the direction we want. But I tell my employees all the time, uh, just wait. Yeah, be thankful for the few weeks where we're not having a catastrophe oh, and yeah. trying to repair. Yeah, because uh, yeah. they're always coming up. Someone quits. Someone gets hurt. Someone uh, shipments don't come in. I mean, I don't know at all. There's always something new that we're always having to deal with. Nice. Murphy's law is always around the corner. You just got to keep rolling with the punches, pretty much. Yeah, and, and just focus on the customers. I think I think customers are really quite tolerant um, if you treat them right. Well, yeah. I mean, just just what I've experienced from going just shops myself, you know, if you go to a place where you always feel welcome and they're upfront with you and always honest, you're more willing to accept when, you know, hey, shipment didn't come in, we apologize, or that happened, you know, you know, things just happen, but every time you're upfront with them and very polite and courteous, I'm more, I'm just like, okay, hey, no problem, you know, I'll, I'll wait, um, you know, and, and it happens a lot with us, you know, we'll have a, an interview and something comes up. I mean, we've had several, you know, big name authors who are like, "Oh man, I hate to do this. I know this show's in 15 minutes. My kid broke his arm." Totally. You know, instead of saying, you know, just kind of giving us some Lame weird excuse, excuse it's sure. like, "Hey, no, we we understand that." Hey, it's the you know, it's the same way with a story. You, you're really a hey, you know, I being honest, I no no problem. I'll come back in a couple of days. Absolutely. So I I think we we are tolerant, but when it's you know, and it's that excuse. It seems like an excuse all the time, and all, over and over. And there's now that kind of great customer service and being up front that you're like, okay, I'm gonna go start looking elsewhere. Absolutely. I'm gonna check out Amazon. I, I just have to click and it it ships. Uh, I gotta wash my hair. <laughs> I gotta wash That's my right. hair. That's right. You know, and, yeah, I mean, we can all go to Amazon, click, and have it shipped. But 
you lose out on that factor because who knows? Maybe that comic isn't that great, or you know, and or maybe, maybe you know, the cover damaged. looks maybe the cover looks horrible, but inside the artwork's amazing. But you see that cover and you're like, nah, I don't want that. That's right. Um, well, and and I think to survive in retail, you've got. You know, we have our return policy, but secretly our real return policy is take care of the customer. Yeah. They should walk out happy, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Unless the, you really sense that they're trying to rip us off, mm-hmm. they're being the jerks. Yeah. We have to work very hard. Just take the item. The $3 comic, come on. Is that really worth getting in a fight over a customer? Oh, I mean, come no. on. That's just silly, right? Yeah. Just give them the comic and walk away, mm-hmm. and hopefully they walk away happy. It's, uh, so I, you know, there's your other key, guys. Don't ever get caught up in the little stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I mean, there's a. I just I got a game uh, from Gen Con. You know, it's it's not out on the shelves yet, so I just barely opened it. Played it for the first time last night, and the the artwork on top of the board after I, I just barely unfolded is separating from the oh, back. Oh yeah. And I'm just like, oh man. So I wrote an email to him last night, and I hope I get a good response. But this is really the make-or-break time with this company for me. Yeah. Ever purchasing another game from them again, and they're a pretty large company. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say a name yet, but uh, yeah, it, that really bites. Yeah. You know, seriously. when you first open that up, and it's like you're really excited, and the board's ruined, and that's really a huge part of the game. Well, see, that's a perfect example. Even if mm-hmm. it were totally not our fault mm-hmm. and you brought it back into a Dragon's Keep, we would take it. Yeah. Yeah, we would We would be the one to take on the hassle of trying to get either to Avalon Hill or whoever it yeah. might be. Uh, and that's not it, by the way. No, and that's that great. Up. No, there's yeah. another com- comic book store that I've I've had an issue with mm-hmm. where I got a game piece from them, and it broke. Yeah. I mean, I took it right out, and it was broken. I went and like, oh, contact the, the company that made it. It's like, Really? Yeah, I just bought it from you like 20 minutes ago. No, yeah. go ahead. And I'm like, I've never gone back. Yeah, um, because that that was just completely ridiculous, you know, uh, over that issue. So you know, luckily, the company sent me a replacement part. I had to glue it on, which made no sense to me. Instead of just sending me a brand new one. Sure. But um, it, it worked out. Yeah. So, but that's a great policy. Yeah, and so. I mean, listen, I mean. We try to balance that a little bit again, so yeah. we don't have people coming in and all the time, yeah. ripping us off. But most certainly, if you're not being treated that way at our shops, you should let me know. My phone number is all over all of our shops. The guys, they try to protect me a little bit. You yeah. know, as we've grown, now we don't want to have a thousand calls coming my way. But most certainly, if you post it on our Dragons Keep uh, Facebook or PM me or any of that, I'd be happy to address those things if you felt nice. like you were mistreated. Cool. All right, well, we have about 25 more minutes. So what else should we talk about? Because this is just... Well, this has been fascinating, especially the business side of it. Yeah. So maybe we should get to the more geek side the of it. The more geek side of yeah. everything? Yeah. So So you can start off. Well, we uh, had a lot of good conversation about the geek stuff. Beforehand? We yeah, I know. Yeah, it was, awesome. it was so fun. Why don't we try to continue that a little bit of, like, uh, what are some of the uh, comic book <laughs> movies that are coming out that you're actually excited to look for? Um... Or that you have seen. Wow. Or that you have seen this year. you're really well, we're we're happy that you saw. I don't mind re-talking about, you know, Green Lantern, like me, uh, yeah. like you, Daniel, is yeah. one of my favorite heroes. Yes. Uh, you know, I just early, well, about a year ago, I started rereading from literally Green Lantern number one mm-hmm. all the way up. Uh, it's amazing to me how much characters have changed. Yeah. Culture, you can read culture in comics like crazy. Oh, but, yeah. By the way, that's... Mm. And I think that's kind of the big focal point on that is you can see... 
Yeah, I mean, you, I can pick up any comic book and know what era it was written in. Totally. I mean, oh, yeah. you, it's like a giant light glaring at you. I mean, because the 80s Green Lantern is much different than the 90s Green Lantern and so on. Absolutely. And yet, and yet, I think that's what... And yet, at the very core, there's something universal about superheroes. Yes. Okay, And that's what I think is so attractive to me and my children... Um, and also everybody comes into our shops. I mean, it's just fascinating to watch um, heroes have to deal with very uh, dynamic and difficult situations and how they resolve those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and to some degree, I mean, it can be very emotional for me. I'll be honest. Oh, yeah. I'm kind of a sappy dude. And no, no, no. And yeah. Watching Superman, you know, I mean, I, I did. I teared up once or twice. I mean, that was, there, oh, was, some, there was some moments in that movie where it was just like, yeah. No, I'm I, not sure what cuss words I can use, but I was thinking like, damn right, no, dude. Th- yeah, no, you're good there. Track. Yeah, no, I, you know, w- the Man of Steel movie. You know, I was tearing up that that scene with Kevin Costner when he dies. Totally. I mean, even though it's not the same as it's been, you know, in mm. in canon or if you want to be that way, but I think that was really executed well. You know, because here's a guy that could save his dad, but his dad holds up his hand, says no. There's enough respect there to not do it and hold back and watch your dad die in front of you. And it's a really powerful moment, and it's really tough. Um, you know, and then, of course, you know, the very end scene. It's like, wow, did that just really happen? But you're, you're so much in shock, but you're also at the same, wow. I mean, that's huge. Absolutely. So, um, you well, know. I mean, it takes the very core of what we hope to be and forces <laughs> it into reality. You yeah. Know? If you watch a, a you know a movie without the fantasy, the science fiction, yeah. you know you think, well, I could save him, but could he really save him? Right. Yeah. I mean, he's just another person, mm-hmm. and he'd make a noble effort potentially. But yeah. They probably would both die. Yeah. Yeah. But this is where is your stance? You can do anything. Oh You're yeah. Unstoppable. Yeah. Where do you draw the line? And that's I think so attractive to us. I mean, they get to embody everything hope to be mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's what always sparks emotions in me and all the fantasy I mean Lord of the Rings there were moments same kind of thing oh yeah like, this is epic I mean this guy is yeah I mean they're just amazing I, mean, I could yeah. go on and on so. no I get teased for it too because they're like man you're being a sap and I'm like no no I, I, I'm I'm so emotionally engaged in the characters in the movie that this is perfect but you know one thing that always comes up you know like regarding Superman you know I get into debate this because like why do you like Superman he's like he's like invincible I'm like it's the human side of Superman that really hooks me in because you know yeah he can do anything but he has to be human his relationships with people those don't always work out super well because he has to zip off at a moment's notice you know one of the two things that attracts me like Spider-Man and uh, Green Lantern and those guys are always making mistakes Oh, yeah. And they're and sometimes they're big ones, and they have to live with those consequences, and they have to kind of reel back and say, "Oh man, I screwed up. Where do I go from here?" And so that's what really attracts me to those two characters the most, because yeah, they've got superpowers, but they still flub up just like I do in day to day life. So absolutely, you know, and I think those really a lot of people in as well. Besides, you know, we can all go to Batman because that could be anyone. I am Batman. You are Batman. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I sounded like him last week. <laughs> That's awesome. 
But no, I, superheroes are great, and I think that's why they've la- pretty much stood the test of time, because everyone has some way to relate to them in some way. Absolutely. As well as culture applies. I mean, come on, uh, you know, Captain America back in the fifties was taking out, you know, Hitler. Uh, now he's, I don't know what he's doing now, but now he's still fighting against Hydra or something well, like that. It's basically the same idea. Yeah. Still fighting against. Hatred and other yeah. things. So I mean, he still has his core values, his roots, yeah. but he's fighting up. You know, I he's think fighting there, for the little man. Wasn't there some where he's fighting Al Qaeda or something like that? I, I don't know. Sure. But yeah, they make it very. They wanted true to apply to, to what current times. Yeah. Hence why why X Men was created. So we had, you know, that whole racial issue. Even though they knew they couldn't publish directly to that. Yeah. Say that these are, you know. The blacks versus white yeah. kind of thing, yeah. but going well now we got mutants versus non-mutants yeah. and things like that, and trying to put that in. And that's actually what attracted me to the X-Men because it was the people that are different versus those that think they're normal. And you actually find out through the comics that they, this is something I liked that they did a lot is that they would actually write in there that a lot of the more normal people. Those are quotes that you mm-hmm. guys can't yeah. see, <laughs> but. Uh, a lot of the normal people were the weird ones and yeah. the messed up ones, and the ones that were being normal were the ones that had the mutant powers, and that's what I really enjoyed about X Men. I just have to say, I do not want to end up the mutant that has like this crappy mutant powers, like Toad <laughs> yeah. or Jubilee that just shoots out dance lights. Oh come on! You don't like yeah. to be able to stick no. your tongue onto things from far, no. far away, or have a sickly green color um, <laughs> yeah, and smell really bad. Yeah, or the blob. But nobody um, can stop the blob. Oh, who are so? I mean, there's some really bad mutants. They just—it's like really, that's your mutant power. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, you got like Wolverine, which has this really cool and he's got these adamantium claws and, and he's skeletal also animal system. senses he's got well. animal senses and you got you know saber tooth that's kind of similar you got you know cyclops as annoying as he is he can shoot lasers out of his eyes yeah there um, you got magneto you got magneto that just can and havoc yeah uh, havoc even I think banshee's not even that bad because his scream can actually do some damage do and make him fly yeah I don't like Banshee. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of Banshee either, but at least his power doesn't yeah, suck. I, yeah, you know, and you got Nightcrawler that can teleport. So there's some really cool ones, but then oh, you yeah. got those ones that just really stink. Um, yeah, I, I mean the Beast. I mean, what's what's up with the Beast? I mean, well, he's got strength. He's got strength. He can hang upside down, and he's got he's, lots of blue hair. Yeah, well, but, but by his own his, doing. But I don't know. I mean, he, it's is. Built into his mutant abilities, intelligence, or was that? Oh, just, is it? it? I don't know. Oh, okay, it is. okay. Well, then maybe. Okay, well then he's that super pan- intelligence is part of his power. Okay, never mind. He's cool then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Professor X. I mean, it just Professor X's abilities have always been a little bit uh, undefined. How I know they, they've never. Is they it? never really have defined his powers. Oh, well, I mean, they've defined generally, but we don't know at you know how far it goes. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's yeah. yeah. It's obviously quite profound. They left it. I mean, not to mix genres a little bit, but in the movie they left it questioning at in at the end, right? Yeah. Whether he's going to be in another body, right? Isn't that how the yeah. last movie well, ended? Well, he is. If you yeah. count that, that's, that's why the, movie. the next one. He's I mean, we be suspect in that, right? Yeah. And, well, no, in the next one they're going to. Act, it's actually they've made it so it'll make it so the last end never happened. 
Okay. Oh, that's right. I we didn't. So that's it's right. basically like saying, yeah, we know we made a mistake on this movie. Let's yeah, not, because not cover because it at some all. of the men go into the past. That's why they have James McAvoy. And, Got it. Okay. Uh, and, you know, yeah, was, first X Men First Class was a great movie. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. So if they can catch that magic again, yeah, because I did have a problem with that movie. The honestly. third one was, yeah. You know, in all movies and in comic books as well, it's about the characters. I yeah, mean, that's yeah. why if you want to know why Walking Dead continues to do so well, is because although it's this post-apocalyptic, great zombie stuff, right, which all of us geek geek out to. Yeah, it's a character story, you increase, though. Okay, now we're talking business again. You increase <laughs> the demographic by making it story-driven, yeah. and it's around character development. Oh, yeah. Okay? Because even my wife can appreciate a character development story with zombies mixed in. Okay? Yeah. But just zombies? Oh, man. Oh, no, no, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think the reason it's so more successful than, let's say, Resident Evil... Yes. Is because it is story driven. You know, you are investing in each one of those characters. You know, let's last season when Laurie died. You know, that was a huge moment. Even though it wasn't the same in the comics, That's right. it was still. I mean, everyone was like talking for it for sure. s- several weeks. Yeah. Um, True mortality. Even, yeah. Excellent. Because people are investing in those characters because of the way they've written the story out. Yep. Even they, him going crazy. So. Oh yeah. 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 Well, I'm just saying you can even see that even in like. <laughs> comedy movies too like yeah. the better they are at comedy the more you are invested in the character mm-hmm. and how they handle that situation which is why you laugh at it too yeah it's like that's why I like Shaun of the Dead you actually were oh, yeah. totally caught into Sean and his do- friend do- and then do- his do- friend do- becomes a zombie at the end and that actually makes you laugh when they're friends and then they friends. and they play <laughs> PS2 <laughs> I love it no so, that was a great one yeah that really really draws you in because it's Still definitely character driven, mm-hmm. and that's what drove me away from a lot of comics too. It's like I'd read a comic, and like, yay, they got powers. What about them? That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it always annoyed me. I, I guess that's why I also felt more drawn to like Spider-Man and others in Marvels because they tried, at least a lot of them. Because they try, make mistakes. Try to have them be yeah. fallible. Yeah, and then a lot of the DC ones that I had read were like. We're perfect. We're all about the power, and I'm like, um, that doesn't make any sense. I know. I, I kind of think that that wasn't with all of DC. But I think that, that kind of goes back to our Wonder Woman conversation. We said, yeah. how do you make that into a movie or a series? Because she kind of is that infallible character because of how she is. And how do you make that interesting? Yeah, it's going to be tricky. They're going to have, to, and and yet you don't want to move away from who Wonder Woman is. Yeah, I mean, because if you move too far away, then people are going to revolt. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just not her. Uh, I, and we were talking, and I still think if they can find a way to humanize her mm-hmm. a little bit more, yeah. then you could have a great second movie, like we said, with some love interest between yeah. her and Batman. Which, frankly, I think maybe you need to introduce that in the first movie. I, I mean, who are we? We're not producers and yeah. directors, but, uh, or writers, really. I mean, I'm totally making the movie now. Yeah. <laughs> but I think maybe you need to start that in movie one. I mean, she needs to connect with a, a human character mm-hmm. who is Batman, who has countless flaws. Come on, I mean, oh, yeah. the dude is He's basically, crazy. yeah, a psychopath, right? I mean, Borderline. a psychopath that we love to death yeah. because he's consistently... Uh, Beating the crap out of people well, to a but, bloody pulp, but, but, but not but, killing them. But a righteous one, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. he, has, he has boundaries that he won't cross. In fact, that's often his conflict with the Justice League is he feels like they don't follow the... Yeah, they don't go far enough. Hence why he's not actually a part of them. That's but, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I think, I mean, if we're going to talk, as we were mentioning earlier, 
they may have some hope there, but they need to cross those. Yeah. Lines. I think that's a really key feature. Well, the whole Steve Trevor love interest with Wonder Woman just never worked with me because no. it's like, what does this guy even have to offer? I mean, she's a superhuman-powered and he's just an average guy that's in, in the military. It's like, yeah. it makes no sense. Yeah. And I think they did a good job with it in the new 52 Justice League where he's in love with her, but she doesn't really have any interest in him. That's right. Other than, hey, we're friends. Um, I think that was perfect. Uh, Batman is a good one. I'm not really sure on the whole Superman Wonder Woman theme they're going on now. Yeah, again, you would have to create... There's no weakness there. In fact, I mean, you no. take the infallibility of Superman and Wonder Woman yeah. combined, and now it's like... yeah. <laughs> Okay. I mean, yeah, they are a power couple, maybe but there's call, nothing. Maybe you call it the world breakers, and that's the key, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the drama, that these two people together are... Yeah. That's I don't a know. dangerous combo. But, but then again, you know, maybe something does come up, because, you know, like uh, in previous episodes where uh, Wonder Woman, I can't remember the series, but where she snaps uh, Maxwell Lord's neck, yeah. on, like, on, and it's on public TV, and she's like, this saves Superman's life, I have no regrets, Absolutely. and everyone else is like... You crossed the line. Yeah, seriously. You know, but so maybe something like that will happen. I don't know. And and actually, that is maybe the most human element of Wonder Woman is she doesn't quite have quite the moral compass as Superman. Yeah. Um, or even Batman. Well, yeah, his <laughs> his is different. Yeah. Most certainly, yeah. he has boundaries. Wonder Woman's boundaries are. I guess maybe that is the key to writing the right story is recognizing yeah. that hers are not as defined. Yeah, she has a much different. Moral well, compass. She's a warrior who's yeah. raised to be in war. Yeah. Sometimes. And there's not much of a moral compass when you're in war. That's right. No. Yeah. So, uh, it's one thing I did like that they did with the Martian Manhunter is when he, they put human elements into him, mm-hmm. humanized him a lot, because he had to deal with his whole society being destroyed and everything, and he had all these powers like Superman and more, but he had a fear of fire. That's right. I still un- don't understand his thing with Oreo cookies, though. <laughs> I don't understand that either. Really? That's your most favorite treat in the world? I mean, don't get me wrong, Oreos are good, but really? Yeah, most there's, favorite. Yeah, there's so many other things that are better. Because they're so defined. Black and white. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, no I, that that is a great thing because, you know, he has all these superpowers, but he has a huge weakness over something that is very, very common. It's not kryptonite that you can, well. You can very rarely find, but for yeah. some reason it's always showing up in comics. Lex um, Luthor has a huge storage of it. Apparently, so does Batman. Yeah, yeah. of course. But um, but yeah. So I mean, that's it's very common to run into. You know, oh, you you know, how does he overcome? There's someone in a building that's completely in flames, and he's the only person that can save her. I mean, that's a huge dilemma yep. for that character. Yeah. Well, you know, if I, you know, if I were to shift a little bit, I would say, you know, something interesting in in our culture today that I don't, I guess, to some degree existed when we were kids, but I see it even more is, you know, I, I think in the '80s and in the '90s, the industry kind of defined for us what was going to happen with heroes. Yeah. What was, but I see a trend where really we're defining that mm-hmm. the consumers now much more so than in the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think a good example of that might be like Adventure Time. The, you know, there are lots of cartoon series popping up all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. Why is it that Adventure Time took off? Well, it resonated with our gener- this generation that exists right yeah. now. It crossed generations, and it it's moved from the cartoon to comics to trades to toys. Mm-hmm. It's done that uh, several times over. Um, 
And I think that we'll see that a lot, that, uh, again, kind of that mimicking what's going on culturally, uh, it, we'll see in the comic book industry. That's what kicks off in comics well, as well. Well, I know Wizards of the Coast is doing something very similar to that because with their new D&D Next, um, with their encounter sessions, some of the games they're putting out on the iOS and uh, their Neverwinter, what people are doing in those, because yep. it can be reported back, is going to actually affect where they go with modules and stuff in the future, which, I mean, I think you're right. It, yeah. you know, they're realizing, hey, wait a minute, these people know what they're talking about, and they really know where they want to take this. Well, and, I mean, we could see the failure in 4th edition. Oh, yeah. When they first launched it, and people have forgotten this because, you know, it was a major push towards online oh, resources, yeah. Yeah. and that all fell through. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because... What people love about D&D is not playing online. Yeah. It's about playing with people mm-hmm. and socializing. And again, I think they were trying to define the industry when really, you know, it's the consumers mm-hmm. that are going to define what they want. Yeah. And, uh, as soon as they get on board with that, which it looks like they're trying to with D&D Next, yeah. uh, they're going to get much better response. Well, it, it kind of comes back to where you're saying your regulars and that. I think they were trying to grab those people that were playing like MMORPGs, yep. World of Warcraft, so they modified it so they could snag those, yep. but forgot about their regulars. They just said, whoa, yeah, we're out of here. Yep. And you can definitely see that also like when, in TV series and cartoon series, like the ones that stay around. You can see that they actually cater more to their demographic mm-hmm. than others. And this may sound silly, but a very good example is the uh, new My Little Pony series. Because, like, the first season, they were all trying to focus towards the little girls and then making it somewhat fun for adults. Then they found out that a large part of their demographic were men between the ages of 20 to 40. (laughs) Which, yeah. I don't even know what to say about that. I don't even know how. I mean, seriously. Which is really funny. But then you watch the second season. Oh, probably. And then you watch the second season, all of a sudden they put in things like uh, Twilight Sparkle or yep. is uh, dressed as Snake Plissken yep. from Escape from New York. And you're like, yeah, I think it's genius. no kid yeah, is going to get that. No. no. And she even teleports through time like the Terminator. Of course, oh, yeah. of course, yeah. <laughs> so they, it's like, yeah, like, yeah, they definitely, when they're paying attention to their demographic, it makes a huge difference. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And it's what we want. I mean, come on. I mean, we want to relive our childhood with our children. Yeah. So, I mean, that's... yeah. My That's childhood is still going on. Yeah, That's, I'll just say it that way. <laughs> I may be older. I may have to have bills and responsibility, but I'm still going in that. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I already plan on having my kids watching a lot of the cartoons I grew up on. My wife is like, yeah, we're totally going to watch uh, Voltron together with our kids. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Transformers. Transformers. Mind Watch those. Turtles. Totally. You just saying that, I almost wanted to take home this Voltron game that I'm sitting on my shelf right here. There's a Voltron game? Oh, yeah. You have a Voltron game? Yeah, yeah. It was based on the Monster Apocalypse uh, series that came out, and they did a Voltron unique box set that has all the rules. Oh, my gosh. And I saw it sitting here. I mean, it's uh, it's not in print. It came out maybe two years ago or something. And I thought, I may take that home tonight with my kids. (laughs) Man, now I want it. (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty awesome. I mean, monsters fighting each other. Nice. Yeah. Well, he just got to see Pacific Rim last night. Oh, man. Last week. Oh, last week for the first time. Oh, and it, it, it awesome. we were t- on the way here. It's like, yeah, it's pretty much Godzilla, Voltron, every right. mega robot thing you watch as a kid put and together. That was super awesome. Yes. <laughs> so everyone that watched that, I mean, I, I was giddy watching it. I was just like, man, this is great. Yeah. It's not like the other shows that people have tried to do the same thing and they just fail when they yeah. make them. Like robot jocks. <laughs> <laughs> 
robot. I don't even think I heard of that oh, one. Oh, that was so. made in the 80s. Okay, right. Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> all right, so we got about five minutes left. So where are all the Dragon's Keep locations? Okay, we've got one in Provo, which is yep. the oldest. Yep. And if you haven't been in in years, it was across the street on, like, I don't even remember the exact address, like 150 or so north. But now we're on 260 north, so we're still mm-hmm. very close. And they're bigger. Yeah, we're much bigger. There's parking in the rear. And uh, just, I, I'll put in my thing. Again, the marketing thing. I haven't even had a front sign since they ruined my sign about three years ago. Oh, wow. Okay, and we've still grown a lot, so word of mouth is the key, guys. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they also but, have a lot but, more light, too. Yeah, we do have a lot better light. But we have new signs coming in probably by the end of this, middle of next month. Okay? Oh, nice. So that'll all be up. Yeah. Um, and there's parking in the rear because it's right mm-hmm. on University Avenue. Yeah. Uh, and then we have one in Orem, which is 48 West, 300 North. But for some reason, that's really hard for people to find. So we always identify the Wiener Schnitzel, which is right on State Street, or the Supersonic Car Wash. Okay, mm-hmm. but, nice. we're, but we're on the east side of State Street. You can see State Street from our store, but it's not right on State Street. No, it's not. Yeah. It, no, it's a little bit off, but and, that's where we're at now. And for sure, I'll plug you know Wise Guys Pizzas, who we've comboed with here. They're great. Uh, it's good pizza. Oh, it they is. Deliver. Yeah, we just um, had some. They do great garlic knots. Um, and so, you know, you know, support them if you're in the Orem area. They've got, I don't even know now, six or seven shops. I mean, oh, wow. Salem, Orem, Linden. Holiday. Holiday, yeah. Oh, they already have something up in Draper, too. Yeah. So, um, and we, you know, we're going to look for opportunities to partner with them again. This has been a great, as you nice. said, Daniel, this is a great partnership Oh, it, it's brilliant. I mean, because uh, the other, you know, we broadcast out of Epic on Mondays. Yeah. And they're doing sandwiches now, but it's just not the same. I mean, you can smell the pizza while you're sitting here. I mean, we walked in, and we're just like, oh, man, we're hungry now. Yeah, we need to get some pizza. Because, let's face it, you know, our bodies are thinking that when they smell that food. It's like, okay, i got to grab a bite. And as long as they're not leaving the store, absolutely, you, more money's working for them and for you. Absolutely. So. Yeah, and this the, the Orm locations are newest. It's been here <laughs> under a year. Oh, okay. But we're doing quite well. Yeah. Um, and then, and it's our largest, I would say, overall. It's got this space split between where you shop generally and where you game is separate. Okay. Um, and then our Lehigh location uh, is great as well. It's right on State Street again, 189 East State Street. Uh, Facebook is very active. We should have our new website done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's up there now. You can get some information, but it's literally being worked on right now. Uh, probably by the end of, middle of next month as well, it should be up and live. Um, to get addresses or phone numbers or any details yeah. if you don't catch them here. And the Lehigh shop's been there about a year and a half, and it's rocking and rolling as well. I, I like the Lehigh shop. I've been there before because uh, it's in those old Le- Lehigh buildings. Yeah. So you feel like you're kind of walking into an old, you know, uh, little town comic yes. book store. Yeah. Um, Ye old comic book shop. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So in all three locations, hopefully you get great service. Again, if you don't, let me know. We'll try to make that right with you. What are the hours generally? Generally, we open, um, well, Provo's 10. Well, we close at 10 pretty much everywhere. Okay. Okay, but 12, 10 to 12 in the morning we open, giving the day of the week. Saturdays okay. a little bit earlier, weekdays, 10 mm-hmm. o'clock. Yeah. New comics, if you don't know, they come in on Wednesdays. You can always find new comics on Wednesday. Um, I don't know. Any other final questions? No, I mean, that, that sounds good. good. Yeah. Okay. All right, so with that, we're going to wrap up, everyone. Uh, again, Dragons Keep, support them. Uh, I would awesome. even say if you live up in Salt Lake County, drive all the way down. 
It's yeah. worth it. It's worth it. I mean, literally, there's a comic book store that is three blocks from my work. I could go there on Wednesdays if I went to. I wait till I get home. I mean, it's it just it makes the service there is not that great, and and I hate saying that, but it just isn't. Yeah, well, thank um, you very much. So, uh, with that, uh, support Dragon's Keep, support your local comic stores and game stores, and we will catch you on Monday when we have Tracy Hickman in uh, in studio in studio, live yeah. and in person. Yes, he will sign your books. All right, we'll catch you next week. Peace out. <laughs>